Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast with your host, me, Chanel Patrice Hancock, here in Akron, Ohio, where it's 30 degrees outside and no snow, which is kind of not uh, surprising. Ohio weather is kind of iffy anyway. Um, I want to thank the sponsors of the show. Anchor.fm for keeping the lights on. You know, it's been a year and a half since I started my podcast show. And I have to say, it's changed my life. I have 93 countries now, 94 countries. I'm this close to having 100 countries before the end of the year. And I hope to get up to 11K by the end of the year, which is amazing. Which would have said to me that I would have gotten over 10,000 listeners in a year. Which, for me, that's a big deal. Um, You know, I'm visually impaired. I'm 42 years old, African-American. I speak several languages that I taught myself. You know, I don't have a master's degree in applied linguistics or translation and interpreting You know, I studied theater in college and film. And, you know, I have a teaching certification to teach English as a foreign language. But, you know, that's pretty much it. And so, you know, I'm not like a lot of these other polyglots out here that have the master's degrees or the PhDs. And, you know, I kind of feel that sometimes that's, you know put out there for everybody to know about. Sometimes I feel it's for bragging rights. Sometimes I feel it's to let people know this is the amount of expertise someone has. But I've come to understand over the past few years or so that it doesn't matter how many degrees someone has, how much money they make, how much of an influencer they are, you know, that doesn't really sum up you know, the level of passion that you have for, you know, putting out a podcast or putting out a blog or creating a product or even supporting a product. Um, it, I do this because I enjoy impacting people on a weekly basis. Um, I enjoy seeing how this affects people positively it does change lives when you can learn something totally different that you didn't know about language learning before from a different set of eyes a different set of fingers and thoughts and you know not everything is about being visual um it you know you there are people that learn from an auditory perspective there are people that learn you know by using their hands kinesthetically And then there are people that learn all three ways, two out of the three ways. You know, it just depends on the person. You know, I believe that no one is too old to learn anything in life. You know, you can always learn something new about yourself. Um, You know, motivation is the key to success. Hard work is the key to success. Being dedicated is the key to success. Um... You have to be able to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Um, You know, I don't believe in I need to compete with everybody out there to 
display my level of proficiency in languages. I come from a more auditory background where I listen and absorb a lot of information by ear. And some people find that to be amazing, which I don't see me doing anything differently than anybody else, to be completely honest. Um, I see me putting a lot of hard work into it, not taking it for granted. I mean, sure, there are days when I'm not, like, at my best when it comes down to language learning because sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. I mean, that's just the crux of it all. You really don't. And I put in my mind the reason why I wanted to do it in the first place. And it brings me right back full circle to wanting to do a little bit, even if it's 30 minutes. is better than nothing. And, you know, I kind of feel sometimes that people try to emulate people. It's okay to admire people for what it is they achieved. But your own success is based off of the work that you put into it, not something that somebody else did. You know, yes, you can have carbon copies of other people's ideas. And, you know, there are people that have done that. But were they happy? That's the question. No. So if you come up with a better idea of how to learn something, use it, you know. Um, right now I'm learning Levantine Arabic and I'm learning how to cook Lebanese food. And I'm also learning vocabulary in Levantine Arabic by doing this, because even though they speak in English, they do come up with Levantine Arabic vocabulary throughout the course of the video. It might be a couple words here or there, but I'm learning about what spices are called and what certain dishes are called and, you know, what, what they use to cook the, the food. And that is very interesting to me. Um, you know, so this episode is going to be about how to learn a language using other methods, such as cooking. For instance, and right now, um, I'm learning Arabic through food. And it's motivating me to keep going with it. Sure, I haven't, like, picked up the Mango app and I haven't done a lesson in a few weeks. And a lot of it's because I've been preoccupied with learning through cooking. And it gives me the opportunity to watch documentaries about the Middle East and learn more about history of the Middle East from a cultural and historical standpoint. So it's not like I'm not learning anything. I am. I'm just taking a different approach to it now because all the studying that you do is great, but what are you really getting out of it? Just like yesterday, I was um, responding to Aspen, the language nerd's question about materials for advanced learners who are at the C1 and C2 level of learning a language. Well, by then you'd have mastered the language as far as I'm concerned. Um, and 
it's up to you to figure out what direction you want to go with your language learning after you get to a certain point. I do agree with Luca Lampriello when he says you have to start learning the different topics you want to really learn, such as philosophy, economics, the environment, politics. Those are, you know, the topics that people are going to be talking about. They're not going to be talking about, you know, your home life and your academic life. Now, if you want to work using the language, um, that's when this comes into play. You have to focus on one particular, you know, uh, topic. Like if you want to go to law school, go to law school. And if you want to teach law, then that's when these levels are going to be extremely important. And it's also going to be important because at this stage, you're not making as many mistakes as somebody that's at the A1, A2, B1, and sometimes B2 level. Um, You're going to be considered at a highly advanced level. I wouldn't even say native because you're not from the country. So when you're learning um, a language and you want to uh, go to that advanced level and you get to a C1, you want to get to that C2 level, you have to do a lot more reading. You have to do a lot more writing. And it's not just like little essays. I mean, you're doing like dissertations, you know, that sort of level. And... You know, you're writing briefs in the language and from, you know, um, because you're a lawyer or a paralegal or whatever. And that that means something. You're giving speeches in the language like somebody would if they were born there. And that is something that I think people fail to realize when you're learning a language. You have to choose something that's going to be relevant to you, the individual. So for me, I like to cook food. If I'm learning about the language and the culture and the history, I'm learning about the history of Lebanon and the Lebanese people. I'm, I'm learning Levantine Arabic and I'm really enjoying it. I'm listening to Haifa, H-A-I-F-A, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. Um, You know, sometimes learning doesn't necessarily mean you have to open up a textbook or learn with flashcards. You could learn just by watching a video or listening to a documentary and then looking up the vocabulary or listening to a podcast or listening to a book. Especially if you're someone that's an auditory learner like me who's visually impaired and has partial vision but cannot read print anymore because of um, having retinopathy of prematurity. And over time, your central vision gets worse, but your peripheral vision is still the same. Um, So you see the bigger picture, but not the smaller one. And and that's okay because there's other ways to get around learning um, the information that you need, whether you're using Braille, whether you're using audio or a combination of both whether you're still writing large print, whatever the case may be. Um, I do have to say 
that um, with me learning Levantine Arabic right now, you know, I'm doing that. And for instance, last night I watched the documentary, which I'm going to rewatch because I fell asleep last night to it. Um, the history of the Middle East, you know, and it, I love history a lot. So for me, this was a chance for me to learn more about the Middle East and how it was constructed and, you know, how it came about and, and the different conflicts and so forth and so on. And so for me, it's not just about learning how to speak the language, it's learning how to embrace the culture and the history and the food and the people and the art that they have, you know, and understand why they, they are, they think the way they do, or they behave the way they do, or they, um, see us Westerners differently, you know, and for me, history is a big part of my life because I'm African American. And so, me being a black woman here in the U.S. that's born and raised in Ohio and different other states, um, I come to understand that language is just a tool to communicate, but you can communicate in so many different ways, whether it's auditory, tactile, visual, you know, um, and through story, especially if it's a documentary, um, you come to understand that it's a beautiful thing to be able to learn about people in that particular context. You know, you learn about the geography of the, 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 the country. You learn the different words that it means in, in Arabic, whatever dialect it may be, whether it's Iraqi Arabic or Egyptian or modern standard or Levantine. Um, you know, it, it means something to someone. And because I am a, a woman of color, I feel that the more I know about each culture from each language that I'm learning, the better off I am when I am dealing with people on a daily basis. And I love being around people. I'm a people person. And because I'm a people person, I love learning languages. I might not be as excited as some of these young millennials out here that are, that are, um, you know, language learners and they like doing it as a hobby or they might have a master's degree or a PhD. That's great. I'm, I'm down for the fact that, someone went to school to learn it but you don't really need the paper because that's all it is it's a piece of paper i mean they want to see what you can produce not how many degrees you have and sometimes you know to some people it may be the one thing that keeps them motivated to keep learning languages is to have that piece of paper but at the end of the day that piece of paper is just that it's the knowledge that you gain from learning XY language or learn about the food or the culture or the music or whatever it is you're interested in. And because I studied film and theater, I'm interested in the entertainment side, the sports side, the political side, the 
cultural side, the historical side of things. And it makes me more well-rounded in my knowledge base about each country. So like if I want to know more about India, because I'm learning Hindi, then I will do the same thing as I will with Levantine Arabic or Egyptian Arabic or Japanese, Cantonese, Thai, for instance. I take the same approach um, to be able to uh, grasp the information a lot better. And I do this because sometimes you get tired of doing flashcards on Memorize app. Or you get tired of doing mango lessons or Michelle Thomas or you or Pimsleur or Ossimil or Teach Yourself, Living Language, Rocket Languages, for example. So when you do all these, that's great, but I need to take this out in the real world and I need to be able to use it to the best of my ability. So when you start talking to a native speaker, whether it's on Facebook, Instant Messenger, FaceTime, Zoom, Skype, HelloTalk, Speaky.com, um, iTalky, for instance, you'll be surprised what the reaction of the native speaker is that you know about their country and about their culture and about their history. As an example of this, I learned how to make borscht and I learned how to make uh, Olivier salad when I was learning Russian. And I went online and found the recipes and I make them until this day. And I take pictures of them and I put that on Facebook and my Russian friends go crazy because they're like, that looks so good. Oh, wow, that's really good. You know, and they, they get really happy because I'm making stuff. Like I made Majetara um, a couple weeks ago, which is a Palestinian Lebanese dish. Um, and it has rice and it has lentils and onions and whatever other vegetables with cumin and turmeric and um, garlic and whatever other um, seasonings you want to add to it. Paprika, um, that's just a few seasonings. And you use a little bit of flour, you use water, you use some milk, and you let it cook. And on the skillet, of course, I like to boil my lentils beforehand. And um, I like to boil my rice because if I'm using whole grain brown rice, that takes longer to cook. So now I have a rice cooker and I'm able to cook the rice ahead of time. And it's not as long to cook as opposed to um, doing it on the stove, for instance. But... I mean, I really enjoy it. Also, you can use tomatoes, and I usually use a can of diced tomatoes as well. Um, and I'll drain the juice, and then I'll put them in. And But, you know, I really enjoy it, the process. It brings you much more closer to the people and the language uh, and the history and the culture when I'm cooking food. And so this is why I do cook food um, because I feel that 
I'm um, becoming closer to the language that way. And I mean, it that's a really good thing for me and is a great motivator to keep going with my language learning. And, you know, I know that I will be speaking at a low intermediate level by this time next year in Levantine Arabic and in Hindi and in Japanese. Um, and that, that means something to me. And I will continue to dabble in the other languages that I, I'm learning. And if I want to get to A2 levels in some of them, that's fine. But I'm not doing it to impress anyone. I'm doing it because it's something that I enjoy for myself. And I think sometimes when you're learning a language, if you don't find something that keeps you connected to that language, you're going to lose the motivation. And you really don't want to lose your why. That is so important. Your why in the beginning has to be just as strong as your why at the end. And it can take you six months, a year, 18 months, 24 months, 36 months, 48 months, whatever it is, to get to wherever you want to go. Now, do you have to go out of the country? No. Do you have to take a class? No. Your local library is your university. I tell people that all the time. The internet is a treasure trove of information. It just depends on what it is you're trying to learn at that given time. And if food is what it is, fine. You know, I remember my aunt asking me, well, why are you so obsessed with this? And I said, it's not that I'm obsessed. What it is, is that we have a lot of people that speak Levantine Arabic. I want to go back to a Latins, hi, a Latins, um, a Middle Eastern restaurant here in Akron. And I want to be able to speak Levantine Arabic with the people. And I want to be able to order my food. And I want to be able to have a conversation without breaking into English. These are goals that I have for myself for this language. I'm not talking about I want to be a native speaker. You know, I know that it's going to take me time to be able to really um, grasp the language in regards to understanding it and speaking it. You know, um, but I'm not worried about that. I'm 42 years old. I have a lot of time to really get to the levels I want to get to. You know, people sit there and they think that because I say I want to take three languages and I want to get to a conversational level or a low intermediate level in a year, and it's Hindi, Japanese, and Levantine Arabic, well, that is achievable if you really work at it. But... Okay. You have to ask yourself what it is that you want to achieve for you. What I may do might not be that inspirational to some people as opposed to others. You know, so I don't do this so I can impress people. I do it so I can improve my knowledge base of learning. And if it's in a creative way like cooking food, that's fine. If I want to watch movies, that's fine. I studied film and theater in college. That's what my degrees were in. You know, I'm not like the end-all or be-all of knowing um, languages. I'm still learning like the rest of everybody, and you will continue to learn. You don't know everything. You know, I'm not trying to create um, books or courses 
on how to learn something because everyone's learning style is different. You know, I can buy my good friend Ollie Richards from IWillTeachYouALanguage.com. I could buy his books of short stories. I actually enjoy them. You know, okay, if I spend 30 bucks getting his Dutch book, his Icelandic book, and his Finnish book for beginners, that's fine. Okay, I'll do that. I've bought books from him before, and I really do enjoy them. You know, but I also don't just read books. I listen to podcasts that's based off of my interest or music that I've never heard before, and that helps. But when you sit there and you try to compare yourself to everybody that's out there, remember, they had to go through the same situation that you're going through, that I'm going through. There is no one-stop, one-size-fits-all approach to language learning. It's about how you want to progress in your own journey. And I don't mind sharing my journey. I mean, hell, I haven't picked up Japanese in a month. Okay, am I upset about that? No, because I've been concentrating on Levantine Arabic. You know, I still got to finish the beginner's uh, Egyptian Arabic course. But I found that even though I went through the first four chapters of the course and I have 50% of it done, I found the Levantine Arabic to be much more conducive to my learning style at the moment. Yes, there are similarities. So I once I finish learning what I want to learn from it, I will go back to it. But for now, I'm concentrating on Levantine Arabic, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I love Lebanese people. I love Egyptian people. I love people from Jordan. I love people, period. You know, people are people. And when you can speak even a little bit of someone's language, that goes a long way. Whether it's hello, goodbye, nice to meet you, thank you, you're welcome, I'm sorry, I don't speak very well, I don't understand very well. These things are important. So don't expect that when you see somebody on YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook criticizing somebody because they're not at a particular level. Well, they're, so what? They're not at a particular level. That's not your job to criticize somebody because they're not at the same level as you are or they're not speaking the same language as you're speaking. A lot of people speak the same languages and you'd be like, oh, well, I speak five languages. And then when I sit there and I say, well, are they German? Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and French. And I was like, yeah, okay. What about the other languages that are out there? There's over, what, 6,000 languages or something? 7,000 languages around the world? In over 200-something countries? I mean, I think that's great. But they're all similar. You know, so you can learn Icelandic next, Dutch next, Afrikaans. You're going to learn Swedish, Danish, Norwegian, fairies, you know. You're going to learn all these languages. You're going to learn um, Hungarian and Finnish, you know, that that's, or Sami, you know. I mean, I think that's great, but right now I'm going east 
with my language learning, not so much West. And so with my language learning, I'm learning Turkish and Cantonese and Thai and Japanese and Hindi and Levantine and Egyptian Arabic. And I'm learning, I learned a little bit of Korean, but I really wasn't big on Korean like a lot of people. So I kept with the Cantonese, the Thai, and the Japanese because those were easier for me to be able to pick up. Um, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I only know how to introduce myself in certain situations or I can order food in Cantonese. That took me six weeks. But I don't mind that I practiced every single day for six weeks and I got the A1 level out of the on Mango. And I haven't really done anything since. Well, my whole goal was to be able to order food and have a conversation. I accomplished that. You see what I'm saying? So when I set my goals, I do small and I keep working up to where I want to be. Not what the rest of the community thinks you should be. And, you know, I, I'll sit and listen to a lot of what people have to say. But at the end of the day, I have to realize what Chanel wants for Chanel. Not because this person did it this way and this person did it that way. A lot of the information that people get is repeat information. They're doing it the same way. Um, sometimes, um, you know, some people like to speak the first time out. Some people like to do a lot of reading and listening and then they start speaking like three months down the road. It just depends. And so when you find that way that you want to learn something, so if you want to learn uh, kanji and hiragana and katakana by learning uh, through listening to podcasts in Japanese, or you might watch Terrace House, for instance, on Netflix, or you might try to find some Japanese show to watch, then that's kind of like a cool thing because you're finding things that interest you to keep your attention focused on how you want to pursue this language. You know, if you just want to learn basic conversational skills, that's fine. If all you want to do is introduce yourself to somebody and have a small conversation and then say, hey, that's all I know, that's fine. People are not going to judge you because of it. And I see a lot of people putting pressure on themselves to be more than what they are when it comes down to language learning. Um, I think that if you stop watching like all these people and how they did it and just do it yourself, you will go further in your language learning then I need to listen to Steve Kaufman or Ollie Richards or Luca Lampriello or Moses McCormick. Yes, we can all give you the same advice in different ways. But at the same time, if you're not applying that advice, um, then you're going to be at a standstill and frustrated. And I can guarantee you they have failed and tried and keep failing and trying until they got it right in there for themselves. And they didn't do this because they wanted to be better than the next polyglot. They did it because they wanted to be um, 
the best that they can be for themselves. And that's why they became successful at doing what they did and they wanted to share it with other people. And I feel the same exact way. Um, you know, uh, it, my language learning is a work in progress. I've only been a part of the language learning community for four years. And it says to me that I've improved a great deal on my French and my Dutch, my Italian, even the little bit of uh, Brazilian Portuguese that I know. I've improved, according to my friends from Brazil. And that says something. You know, I do a little bit every day. I don't try to beat myself over the head if I'm not doing it for an hour, two hours, four hours, six hours, because I don't have to, you know? I'm using Michelle Thomas, Egyptian Arabic. I'm using the Michelle Thomas Hindi Foundation course. And I'm glad that I went and used the course for Hindi for Mango first and got a foundation base for it and now I'm learning how to cook food from India and I'm learning the different names in Punjabi and in Hindi and that that says something you know and even though they're speaking English but you still have the you know and the cuisine is similar in the Middle East they like to use a lot of vegetables, a lot of, they like to use a lot of lamb, a lot of chicken, a lot of pork, um, you know, or beef, rather. Um, so, I mean, for me, they even have vegetarian options. You know, you don't have to use every ingredient that they have in the recipe. You can make it your own, which is great. You know, I follow Blanche from the Middle East. And I enjoy her. Um, I enjoy other people, too, from India. And I've always liked Indian food and Middle Eastern food and Asian food. Um, I like French food and Italian food, but I love food from the East. It's just something about how it's made that really strikes my fancy. How colorful the food looks, you know, when you're doing it. And, you know, I don't think I've eaten more lentils in the past three months than I have now. And, you know, it it changes your whole outlook on your own health, your own life, your own way of thinking. And I told my aunt, I said, well, the reason why I enjoy cooking these types of meals is because, guess what? I get to do the following. I get to have um, a variety of different dishes to make as opposed to the typical dishes that I make all the time. You want a variety. You don't want to eat the same things over and over again. And so this is another reason when I'm learning a language, I want to be able to know what basmati rice is and, and use jasmine rice and Japanese rice and what's the difference between Japanese rice and Korean rice and so forth and so on, you know, and um, what's tahini and, you know, I've learned how to make hummus from scratch now and, you know, it's just, and I wondered the health, I learned about the health benefits of turmeric and, and what that does for you and, I mean, I've actually not got sick because of it, so for me, these things are important. You know, they use a lot of cumin 
and a lot of paprika and a lot of pepper and salt and a lot of garlic and onions and carrots and lentils and other, you know, chickpeas and all these things that I wouldn't have used if I wouldn't have started learning what the different cuisines were from the Middle East and India. And I've learned so much in such a short amount of time. I'm really proud of myself for that because that takes a lot of guts to be able to say, yes, I can prepare this meal. So yes, you don't necessarily need to be in a textbook constantly to learn about a language and its culture. You can learn from cooking food. And you can learn from watching documentaries and listening to music. You know, if you want to learn how to write a song, learn the alphabet. Learn how to write the script. Whether it's in Braille, whether it's in print. Depending on your preference. And depending on your disability, too. You know, and to be honest, you can verbalize a story. You can learn the vocabulary on how to tell that story in that language. And you can record yourself reciting that in a verbal context. And that means something because you're applying what you're learning to something tangible and it's something real that you created yourself. And that means more to me than, oh, I need to have a conversation about the political um, situation that's going on in Lebanon right now with the country having its own internal war. You know, okay, do I really need to have a conversation about that? Not really. Will I learn the terminology and the vocab at some point? Yes. But right now, I'm having fun watching documentaries and listening to music and making food from Lebanon and making friends from Lebanon. And, you know, I joined a Lebanese um, cooking group on Facebook. So that's another way that you can um, learn something is by joining a Facebook group that has the interest that you um, want to take part in. You know, if you have, I'm using Lebanese um, Levantine Arabic as in my example because that's the language that I'm focusing on at the moment. And so because of that, you know, that means to me personally that, you know, I still get to learn more about the recipes that people are cooking from all over the world, you know, and that they're learning the language and they're trying to speak the language. And, you know, I'm also in a Lebanese um, learning Facebook group as well. So that that means something. And I have a lot of people that are encouraging of my learning Levantine Arabic. And, you know, I I enjoy it. You know, just like Japanese, Cantonese, and Thai. I enjoy it because next month I'm going to go and I'm going to order me some food in Japanese. And I'm going to learn how to order food in Japanese. And I'm going to go to a hibachi restaurant. And I'm going to um, order me some food in, in Japanese. And um, I'm going to thank them. I'm going to pay for it. And that's it. And that's my goal. And I, my other goal is to be able to learn sports terminology. Because I want to be able to... 
uh, watch and follow the Olympics in Japan next summer. So that's another reason for me learning Japanese, along with the fact that I love Japanese movies. So for me, there are reasons as to why that I'm learning the languages in the ways that I'm learning them. And it's just not your traditional way either because I'm taking it one goal at a time. So if I want to order food, that's the first thing I learn. If I want to be able to learn about the sports terminology, that's another thing. If I want to learn about household and food, that's another thing. So for me, it that means more to me. That gives me a better connection to the language and the people and the culture because we have so many people that are from Asia that live in Akron and the Middle East that live from in Akron and from Africa and Eastern Europe. So I'm quite happy to be able to learn my languages in this way. This is my own little personal method. Um, you guys can try it out if you want and let me know how you like it on uh, Facebook Instant Messenger. Just send me a message and I'll, I'll respond. Um, but, you know, this is something that I really enjoy doing. And I hope that you guys enjoy it too because you don't have to cram in a textbook all day. You can do these types of things and it would connect you more to the language and its people then I need to know every word. I need to, you don't need to know every word. It's not necessary. Um, you know, you got to know what you're going to be using. And don't feel afraid to not make mistakes. I make mistakes constantly. And I don't have a problem admitting that. I'm not perfect. You know, even though people think that I'm a genius because I can sit there in a week. And if I'm really motivated, I can cram stuff into my head. But that doesn't mean that after I cram it in my head that I'm going to remember all of it because I'm not. Um, that's proven. <laughs> but, you know, I look at it as by the end of this month, I probably would finish up the, you know, three chapters in Levantine Arabic, which would have given me like six chapters I would have done. Um, you know, different things that I can say, um, you know, and I'm going to just continue. I'm not going to stop because it's a new year. I'm going to keep going with my Levantine Arabic and my Hindi and my Japanese. And I pick the topics that I want to know more about and I go from there. And I do a lot of listening and I go from there and I really enjoy it. And I hope you guys enjoy learning using food and documentaries and music. Um, music is important, but it's not the end all or be all of your learning process. You know, uh, I just think it depends on what your interests are. If you're interested in fashion, learn about clothing vocabulary. Learn about, you know, fashion vocabulary. Watch fashion shows in the target language. You can do those things on YouTube. You know, uh, subscribe on Twitter to some of the people that have fashion um, houses in the target language. I do that. Um, go on Instagram and find them in the target language, too. You'll be surprised. Um, go online to Facebook and join the groups of these particular um, 
interest that you may have. And you'll be surprised, you know, how many people feel the same way you do about the language that you're learning, but in a more creative way. So thank you to everybody for listening to this podcast. It's a little over 44 minutes long. Um, so this was a pretty long podcast this time around for me, but I thought I would sit there and, um, say, um, what I felt about this topic because I'm really passionate about cooking and history and, you know, hanging out with people and, you know, just enjoying the, the language in my real life and adding it to my life. You know, I think that's more important than passing tests and having grammar drills all the time. And that's great. But I mean, are you doing it for a certificate? Or are you doing it because you want to apply it to your everyday life? And I'm someone that likes to apply stuff to my everyday life. So if that means I'm cooking food in the in the coach in the from the country, that so be it. That means more to me. Because if I can cook a meal and my friends can enjoy it, and it gives them pleasure to eat what I've made from Lebanon or Palestine or Israel or Jordan or Egypt or Morocco or Qatar or Libya um, or, um, you know, India, different parts of it, um, you know, or Turkey, that's fine, you know. I've made borscht and people liked it. I, lo- I made Olivier salad. People liked it. I've made um, magetra and I liked it. Of course, I haven't made it for my friends yet, but I'm going to. I mean, you know, so that means something to me. You know, I learned a new word in, in Lebanese Arabic. Lebanese Arabic, sorry. Um, so that means something to me personally. Just like you guys tuning into this show means something to me. Thank you so much. You know, I'm only seven countries away. So if I can get seven more countries to join my podcast show, and if I can get over 11K before the end of the month, listeners, that would be great. I mean, my goal next year is to reach 20,000. So if I can do that, that's great. Um, that's something that I'm really wanting really badly. Um, and thank you for putting me over the 10,000 mark. And thank you for continuing to listen to me and keep faith with me. I really appreciate it. Shukran Afwan Sabe. Me Salame Sabe. Subscribe to the podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher. Anywhere where you find Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast, C-H-E-N-E-L-L-E apostrophe S, Language Learning Journey podcast. With me, your host, Chanel Patrice Hancock from Akron, Ohio, here in the States. So, shukran, afwan, sabe, u me salame.